Hello friends, David Fiorazzo here. As Katie mentioned yesterday, we're taking this week to work on some new projects we'll soon be debuting for you very soon. So, this week what we decided to do is to look back on some of our most important shows. Today, we're starting with a kid's sex ed book that rightfully has everyone up in arms. Now this, after the author says one of the best things parents can do to educate their children on puberty and human reproduction is to have them watch their parents do it in the bedroom. Seriously, these are troubled times, but while these stories aren't easy to talk about often, it would be far worse to let these people go unchecked. So here's Educated. Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hello everyone, are you ready to get your education on? I'm Katie Petrick, joined by the future star of an E-True Hollywood Story, Mr. <laughs> David Fiorazzo. <laughs> Just a reminder, we love to hear from you. So please do send us your questions, comments, and your favorite dad jokes by visiting stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org. All right, it's time to get on after it. This story is wild. According to a kid's sex education book being touted on Amazon, the best way to teach children about the birds and the bees is to actually have them watch their parents doing the birds and the bees. Oh, mm. not a good idea. And that's what a lot of people apparently are saying about this book, which by the way, thankfully is not available anymore. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But it was up there for almost five years, just short of its five year anniversary. So it's a sex education book instructing parents on how to be a good parent, but a screenshot of an excerpt of this book it recommends parents invite their young children into bed to watch while they have sexual relations. So this is what's happening now. We're, fi we're finding out this information. A lot of times we find out later. Someone finally reads. So it must not have been that popular, apparently, if they just oh, found no. out, Katie, right? Well, it's, it's, not, it's not that good. Well, you <laughs> called, you, when you call the book Sex Education for 8 to 12-year-olds, colon, Kids book for good parents. Good parents. Good parents, ah. not those bad parents. The fact, though, that it says sex education for 8 to 12 year olds, already I'm like, and moving on? Yeah. Next? Yeah. But hey, <laughs> there's more. When you take a look here, let's just take a look at some of the advice, I guess, that they put inside of this book, including what you had just said about taking your child into bed with you and allowing him or her to watch as you share intimacy. David. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, um, really? Yes. I mean, these are there's these are a couple tips. The author says to get you started. Oh, oh I this like is this to get one. you started with educating your child. Katie, I like this subtle one. Couples can deliberately leave the bedroom door open or ajar while expressing intimacy. Wow. <laughs> Purposefully. Yes, of hey, course. Hey, the kids home. Good. Let's go in the bedroom and uh, leave, next. Leave the door ajar. Uh, call upon your child to bring or take something away while you are expressing intimacy. What does that mean? I don't know, but it, it, depending on if what you and your spouse are into, that could, I mean, you could, that could be 
supplies? I have no idea. I'm, I'm not going with that one. But here's the one that gets me more than yes, Katie, any of them. I, why don't you read the one that I would not feel adequate in expressing <laughs> to the audience, please? Yes, uh, the one right after the, you know, having your kid be in bed with you. Also, not only have your kid be in bed with you, but a mother should feel relaxed breastfeeding her baby while her husband makes love to her. Let's break that one down for a moment. David? I, I don't know how this book flew under the radar for almost five years. I, I, I have no idea what happened, but let me just jump to something. I don't want to run out of time before I read this comment from an Amazon reader from last December. Aside from the inappropriate material, several buyers complained about the author's lack of scientific rigor in the text, right? Like, how can you prove that this is healthy for children to do this? Quote, this is clearly a self-published book with no scientific or logical support for a majority of the content. Yes, parents should be a primary source of sex education for children, but this book provides no resources or structure to help parents accomplish this goal. The book is also full of grammatical errors that make it hard to read, end quote. Now, wait, this is written by a teacher? No. Wait, yeah, or former is, teacher? This is, is just, that, am I, did I read that somewhere? This is, well, this, this is a person who was born in Scotland, began writing books uh, who, because her daughter encouraged her there. She was encouraged. So, I mean, she had, yes, yeah, she did have a career as a teacher. Okay. But, but the reasoning for this book isn't because she was a teacher. But well, I, right. well, it's because of the daughter, yes. Well, you, are, you are correct in that. <laughs> let's make the connection. Grammatical mm, errors true. and former career as a teacher. Something doesn't line up there. Go ahead. Well, Katie. of course not. But I, I, need to, <laughs> I need to go back to help all the other mothers out there or future mothers. If you plan to have children... There is no way in, on God's green earth here that you need to, any reason that you need to feel relaxed while breastfeeding your child and also having relations with your husband. You do not need to do that. Do not feel pressure to do that. This woman who wrote this book is a crazy lady. Oh, boy. For even suggesting that. Because anyone who has had a baby and is breastfeeding, especially in the first three months it's just no you you don't even want to have those relations necessarily and certainly not while breastfeeding because you have enough going on and sleep deprivation well, so let mm -mm. me let me just mention this that uh, on page 47 of sex education for 8 to 12 year olds uh, no longer available thank god it says it's not uncommon so if it's not uncommon that means it must be common for children to overhear or even catch their parents making love all right, still to come, a retired Kansas teacher cashes, this is a good story, cashes in on her former school district after being disciplined, why? For refusing to use preferred pronouns in class, of course, and lie to parents. That's next. Okay, before we get to that lovely Kansas story that we're about to talk about, I felt it most appropriate, David, that we address the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Yes. And while that part is not education for educated the show here, what is is the reaction that we have from the typical left 
educators, specifically one professor who decided that even before the queen passed, we should, you know, take a couple jabs at her. And so we have uh, Twitter actually having to remove a tweet that was sent by Uju Anya, uh, who is a professor of, of course, linguistics of uh, all things. Naturally, a yes. Linguistics professor at Carnegie Mellon. And she uh, wrote, I heard the chief monarch of a thieving, raping, genocidal empire is finally dying. May her pain be excruciating. No, David. I don't know how you feel about the queen. She's in, I'm indifferent toward her. I live here in the United States of the America where we do not have monarchy. But nonetheless, the woman has been on the throne for 70 years, serving her country. Quite an accomplishment. For 70 years. Yeah. And while she doesn't have actual political power, she is the head of state over there uh, in terms of like she is the one who provides all of the comfort and has to say pass along uh, bad messages and good messages mm -hmm. and obviously her entire life has been in the spotlight always critiqued and she's done that with I would say grace and dignity I believe so for the extent of the 70, 70 years now the fact that a professor decides to say that she wants this woman who she's never met die with excruciating pain is a little, I think it's a little too much in my opinion. Yeah, and if, if Jeff Bezos pulls it up, I mean, if he's got a problem with it, um, and this is just, it's in a way it's not surprising, I think, I don't know what their, their deal is, uh, white, you know, colonialism, I don't know, patriarchy or whatever, although she's a matriarch in a way. Mm -hmm. um, she did have a Christian uh, upbringing, influence, background, whenever that kind of comes out, whether in her interviews or speeches, obviously the left has a problem with that. Always, always so and forever. I'm not saying she was a saint and she always lived up to it, but from what I know, um, yeah, it, it was wrong of this, woman, professor. this educator, this professor. professor. And so the education aspect of this portion of the show is to say, come on, how, where's the respect? Where's the giving people a little bit of dignity and just saying, hey, someone's losing a family member or someone is dying. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't want what you're saying to come back on you. Oh, David. You know David. what I mean? Yeah. Am I being but, too gentle here? Uh, but she doesn't care what you have to say. The thing is, right. uh, because she got some pushback on this. Like, whoa, this is a little bit too far. The, the, fact, that Twitter, <laughs> the fact that Twitter actually is the one who took the tweet down, Jeez. which I think... It, that speaks volumes. Well, that speaks volumes. Uh, but Twitter, I mean, free speech, put it, put it back up there. But she followed up with uh, another tweet saying that if anyone expects me to express anything but disdain, disdain. for the monarch who supervised a government... I mean, she, yes, but she doesn't have power yeah. over that government. Anyway, that sponsored the genocide that massacred and displaced half my family and the consequences of which those alive today are still trying to overcome. You can keep wishing upon a star. So, so and, and that's they, all fine and dandy. In her university, the, the university supports her. The university actually came out with its own what statement. What university is it? Carnegie Mellon. Ah, okay, that's yes, right. Yes, Carnegie that's Mellon. Right. They said, uh, we do not condone the offensive and objectionable messages posted by Uju Anya today on her personal social media account. Free expression is core to the mission of higher education. However, the views she shared absolutely do not represent the values of the institution or the standards of discourse we seek to foster. So they did the, the usual... It was on her personal Twitter, uh, so we're gonna just let her do that. Wait a and minute! We don't. We're just gonna be over here going. I'm not, I'm not Why don't they do that when someone ex expresses the Christian worldview 
on issues of sin, morality, or faith, why don't they say, oh, it was on their personal? Oh, no, David. they censor or they punish or discipline. But this lefty, wacko extremist, I'm sorry, I don't know her. I, I need to maybe give her the benefit of the doubt. That, that's, that's right, Did you read David. those words? All right, we're, we're, let's go to something hate. positive. They're talking about We're going to go to something positive. Hate speech. Hate speech. All right, we're going to go to something very positive. Where we have a teacher in <laughs> Kansas. Yes. We got some sanity back, and she's cashing in on it. Good so news. it's a former Kansas middle school math teacher who's going to soon receive a settlement of nearly $100,000 after her school district attempted to force her to violate her religious beliefs and call students by their preferred names and pronouns. And then, of course, withhold those same preferred names and pronouns from the parents of those students. So Pamela Ricard, uh, she's 58 years old. She sued the Geary School District, Good which, for is, her. which is located about an hour west of Topeka, Kansas, uh, after she was disciplined back in March of 2021 for refusing to use male pronouns to refer to a biologically female student. Hmm. All right. So Ricard's a practicing Christian, believes that God creates human beings as either male or female, and that gender is a fixed characteristic determined at conception. And that's what they put into the lawsuit. And so asking her to then address the female student as a male would actively violate her religious beliefs. Exactly what they said. And guess what? They won because that's what happened. Um, Ricard basically tried to provide an alternative. Like, it's not like she was like, absolutely not. I'm not doing that and deal with it. She, she actually tried to provide an alternative way of addressing the student um, as Miss, you know, and then the last name to avoid using the stu student's preferred male first name. But then the district suspended Ricard for three days under, under the district's bullying and diversity and inclusion policies. Wow. Yep. Yep, the, wow. as I call them, the die policies, the diversity, inclusivity, equity, die policies. The district also threatened to then discipline her further if she continued to misgender students. Misgender? Mm-hmm, misgender them. All right. And so the district uh, did this whole little switcheroo when it came to the parents. So they demand, the district demanded that teachers abide by this so-called preferred pronouns and their new first names of these students during school. But <laughs> teachers must use a student's legal name and biological pronouns during these parent-teacher conferences if the student so wished. So they are actively saying, okay, kids, when you're just in the classroom with me, I'm calling you whatever your pronoun is. But then when your parents come in for student-teacher conferences, I have to go biologically. Oh my goodness. Switcheroo. That's what they're doing, the switcheroo. You wonder why kids are confused. And good for her though, here's a win-win. She not only got the $95,000 settlement, but she got to move to Oklahoma to be closer to her family. So good for her. All right, when we come back, we discuss our great home state, not so great at the moment, uh, <laughs> as Wisconsin schools are sued for not only helping children transition their gender identity, but are willfully deceiving parents in the process. That's next. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D. Educated. 
Support this show and a great American company. All right, so along the same vein, but not being good outcome, bad outcome, we are in Wisconsin, our home state, uh, and there's a school district that needs to look basically at what happened in Kansas because they're about to be in trouble for kind of the same darn thing. So America First Legal, AFL, and the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty will file the lawsuit on behalf of a group of parents against the Eau Claire Area School District, uh, along with its board members and the superintendent, claiming that the current policies violate their freedom of religion and parental rights. So what happened in Kansas was a good win for the teacher. What's <laughs> possibly going to happen here in Wisconsin is going to be a, hopefully again a good yes. win for, for these parents. Um, there is a video out there for a training video that's called Safe Spaces Part Two, oh and it was boy. led by facilitator Christopher Jorgensen. Uh, and in it, he basically says how you can violate the parents' rights by shh about the pronouns and all of that uh, regarding the students, of course. Uh, we understand and acknowledge that teachers are often put in terrible positions caught between parents and their students. But much like we wouldn't act as stand-ins for abuse in other circumstances, we cannot let parents' rejection of their children guide teachers reactions and actions and advocacy for our students. Ultimately, our message again is that religion is, is, is not the problem. Uh, discrimination is the problem. Bigotry as ideology is the problem. And the weaponization of religious beliefs against marginalized people is the problem. People are free to believe whatever they want, but in K-12 public schools, each and every student is entitled to feel safe and welcome and included. Safe and welcome and included. Not just diversity, equity, and inclusion. Safe and welcome and included. By the way, Eau Claire's policy, the current gender identity policy instructs teachers and staff to be careful in using a transitioning student's identity. There's new language we didn't mm -hmm. have 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Transitioning student's identity and name with parents. And, this, this, and then they talk about restrooms as well. But it's interesting now we're all about protecting. Let the, let the kids lead the way. It's a recipe for disaster. Well, no, I mean, in his viewpoint, it's the parents who are, who are the problem. Remember, he said religion's not the problem. Basically, it's all you parents and you parents who are exercising your free religion and free speech. Yeah, beliefs. It's you who are the, par the problem. And so they have this triangle where you have the students at the top and then you have the, the teachers over here and you have the parents and they want to just get rid of the parents altogether so they can just be a straight line directly between the teachers and the students and they want to just kick you out of the triangle. That's what's happening right now, David. Students are at top of the triangle. What could go wrong? Well, this is wrong. And let's just issue this warning again for the 100th time. Maybe not uneducated, but in past shows where these school districts are doing this, not possibly everyone, but across the country. We sh share these stories from different states, and it's happening in probably every state. Not every school, but every state to some degree. So please be aware of this. We can't emphasize that enough. All right, before we go, is up next. Plus, David and I continue to embarrass ourselves with the funnest effects about our lives. Stick around. We 
want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. All right, before we go, let's start with tech giant Apple and the announcement of their latest iPhone 14 and Apple Watch. So why is this news important? Well, some of the upgrades Apple is announcing should make everyone concerned. Aside from the upgraded cameras, sensors, and screens, the new phones will include the ability to detect an extreme impact collision and contact emergency services. So. How does the phone know if you've been in a car wreck or you just dropped the phone? It also includes an emergency SOS feature that allows satellites to connect and follow your phone anywhere, even when out of range of cell towers. Creepy. Now, when it comes to the Apple Watch Series 8, which also has the emergency crash detection, it also includes, get this, ovulation cycle detection. Huh? By using the device's enhanced temperature sensor, what happened to telling time? I mean, they're talking about a watch, right? Starting price for these devices, $800 and $400. Katie, how do you feel about all these new data aggregates, also known as cell phones and watches and ovulation? Can you explain that? Ovulation detector. Yeah. So if you want me to get you a watch so you can Detect my ovulation? Detect when sure. you ovulate. Um, I won't do that for you, but maybe you can talk to your wife about that. <laughs> mm. I, I, am, I am not a big fan of being a robot, so I kind of stay away from that stuff. So you'd be against transhumanism, right? Yeah, a little okay. bit. Yeah. All right, speaking of Big Brother, security researchers are now saying Facebook has been rewriting websites that its users visit and allowing the company to track them across the web after clicking links in its apps. The researcher that sounded the alarm says the tracking code allows Mark Zuckerberg to monitor all user interactions, like every button and link tapped, text selections, screenshots, as well as any form inputs like passwords, addresses, and credit card numbers. Hello? Facebook said in a statement that injecting a tracking code was in line with users' preferences on whether or not they allowed apps to follow them, and the code was only used to aggregate data before being applied to or, or for targeted advertising or measurement purposes for users that opted out of tracking. So in other words, they're technically not denying on it, or they're not denying it. Yep. Katie, are they? Yeah, basically. Uh, Justifying, I not denying. Uh, yeah, I never asked for Mark Zuckerberg to be my big brother. I have a couple big brothers. I don't need him. Yeah. I don't need him anymore. As most of us would probably say, speaking of big money, let's wrap things up in Australia, where a woman was mistakenly giving a, given a refund of $10.4 million instead of 100 bucks. How does that work? Sounds pretty cool. Well, it turns out instead of correcting the error, the woman spent 1.35 million of the money on a new luxury home. 
The error happened when the high-profile cryptocurrency trader intended to give the woman a $100 refund in May of last year, but mistakenly entered an account number in the field of the bank transfer that was meant to be a dollar amount. The 10.4 million mistake was only discovered in a company audit seven months after the transfer. In the end, a judge ordered the woman to pay back the money plus $27,000 in interest. I don't know about that, Katie. Let's, be, let's just play a game here. What would you do if you found an extra, let's just say $10 million in your checking account? What would you do? Just a casual, cool 10 mil extra. <laughs> oh, come on. That, like, how could you not, number one, in your soul, know that that's wrong to keep? But number two, how could the bank not figure that out? Or like, it, it, the icing on the cake, though, is that she has to pay back the interest. Like, come on. Everyone made a mistake. We should just wipe that part off. Yeah. Like, but wow. Wow. I don't know about mm. the interest either. That's, but, mm. but that's... Uh, that's Ten a, million. I mean, there's there's finding a dollar out on the on the street, and there's no one around, yeah. obviously, to claim it. Even if there's a 20. If you're yeah. out on the street, you have no idea whose it is. It, but it's in your account, it's in and your it's account. a massive number. Ten million. <laughs> That's, there's a conscience, That's a, little a conscience question for there everybody, is. huh? All right, that wraps up this segment. More to come next time. All right, before, of course, we let you go, David and I want to find more ways to connect with you out there in the Internet world. So what better way to do that than to share a couple fun facts about us? So today, my very, very fun fact is... The Marx Brothers are my favorite comedians, uh, with Horse Feathers being their best production. If you don't know who the Marx Brothers are, they're actual brothers in, in real life. But uh, back in the 20s and early 30s there, they were a vaudeville act. So they, uh, vaudeville is, you know, it's like a comedy and a show, but there's also music interspersed in it. And they make great movies and Horse Feathers is hilarious. Yeah. So a lot of my fun humor, what I find to be funny, comes from them. Bring back the Marx Brothers. Well, my fun fact of the day is uh, I was actually <gasps> technically elected homecoming king, believe it or not, because now here's why. That was the first year our high school allowed freshmen who moved into our building to vote for the king and queen. And I had a little fan club. Why? I was dating a freshman girl at the time, seriously. And I don't think if all the freshmen were voting, I don't think I would have won. But there's a photo of myself and Julie Drake. Wow, we were both on homecoming court, but you were a king and I was just a measly. You were on the court. I was on the court. Well, you made the court. I was the measly freshman representative. Wow. But the freshman, apparently you have a connection yeah. to the freshman, as we just learned. <laughs> All right, so did you learn a thing or two today, David? Did you learn something today? I did, always. Excellent. Well, yes. if you are a fan of the show, please do hit that like button if you're watching us on the social media. And do send us your feedback at stayeducated.org. For David and myself, thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting what we do. Until next time, stay educated.